Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and normally what I do is read a poem from my book of poetry but I will not be doing that on today. Today what I wanted to do was just talk to you. Recently, I love to watch shows and I love to read and I love to be encouraged and I love to be inspired. And for those of you who don't know, I love to be transparent. So one of the things that I realized that I've never truly probably even broke down (laughs) is what it means to be transparent So, let me share what transparency means. So, I do hope that y'all are having the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And you spell transparency as T-R. A, N like Nancy, S like Sam, P like Paul, A like Apple, R. Oh, let me try that again because I probably it did probably didn't come out right. T like Tom, R like Robert, A like Apple, N like Nancy, S like Sam, P like Paul, A like Apple, R like Robert, E like Eddie, N like Nancy, C like Cat, Y like Yellow. And it is the quality of allowing light to pass through so that objects behind can be distinctly seen. It is also known as the quality of being easy to perceive or detect. Perceive is spelled P like Paul, E like Eddie, R like Robert, C like Cat, E like Eddie, I like Ink, V like Victor, E like Eddie, which means become aware or conscious of something, come to realize or, or excuse me, to understand become aware of something by the use of one of the senses, especially that of sight. Interpret or look on someone or something in a particular way, regard as, that's what perceive means. And both of these definitions can be found in the Oxford Languages Dictionary. And so when it comes to my journey, as a divorced single mother of six gorgeous children. And y'all, I'm not just saying that they're gorgeous because they're mine, okay? I might be a tad bit biased. Oh, let me let you know what bias means <laughs> for those of you that don't know. Also, for those of you that don't know, I love to share the definition of words in hopes that we can all be on one accord whenever it is that I am being transparent. See how I did that? So, the definition of bias, B like boy, I like ink, A like apple, S like Sam, is cause to feel or show inclination. And then inclination, I like ink, N like Nancy, C like cat, L like Larry, I like ink, N like Nancy, A like apple, T like Tom, I like ink, O like Oscar, N like Nancy, is a person's natural tendency or urge to act 
or feel in a particular way. A disposition of propensity. And that is what inclination means. Also found in the Oxford Languages Dictionary. And so I try to be as transparent as possible in hopes that it doesn't matter what age you are. If we are honest with ourselves, if we were to really truly be graded on our lives, I don't know many people that would make a 100. And most likely that's because of the different nuances of life. And so nuance, for those of you who don't know the definition of that, N-U-A-N-C-E, and I just made it plural, but the definition is a subtle difference in or shade of meaning, expression, or sound. And an example is someone's feelings that is not usually very obvious. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is also according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary. You spell nuance in like Nancy, you like umbrella, A like apple, in like Nancy, C like cat, E like Eddie. So that's how you spell nuance. And so there's so many different nuances in life. There's so many different shades of the meaning, differences of expression. And because of that, if we were truly, truly transparent, we most likely would not make 100 a 100%, you know, like any time a paper is being graded and the teacher would give 90%, 80%, 70%, or 100%. 100% means perfect. 100% means that you got every single question that was answered. You were accurate in your response, which made you make a 100%. That means that every single response was right. And so whenever we're going through the nuances of life, maybe because of the lens that we choose to look at life, if we've been hurt, if we've been traumatized, if we've been damaged, if we have been misunderstood, if we've been deceived, if we've been lied to in any arena of our lives, then the way that we look at life may be a little tainted and let me also provide the word tainted t-a-i-n tainted t-a-i-n-t-e-d which is t like tom a like apple i like ink <clears throat> excuse me n like nancy t like ted Wait a minute. I probably did that again. Y'all, I'm halfway asleep. So let's try this again. <laughs> Y'all gonna be like, what in the world? This girl's using... Okay. T like Tom. A like Apple. I like Ink. N like Nancy. T like Tom. E <laughs> like Eddie. D like David. Tainted. But the word taint means to contaminate or pollute Effect with a bad or undesirable quality that also can be found in the Oxford Languages Dictionary. And so, 
and skewed. Let me say skewed. Okay, so, and I'm just going, it could be tainted, skewed. So S-C-E-W-E-D. S like Sam, K like Kite, E like Eddie, W like Water, E like Eddie, D like David. The definition of that is suddenly change direction or position, twist or turn or cause to do this. Make biased or distorted in a way that is regarded as inaccurate, unfair or misleading. Skew. S like Sam, K like Kite, E like Eddie, W like Water. Or it could become skewed, which means that it could become misleading, unfair, or inaccurate based upon your own experiences in life. And so one of the reasons why, for those of you that don't know, I am the content creator and the founder of this, excuse me, Dear Future Hubby podcast. One of the reasons why I wanted to share my journey as a divorced single mother of six gorgeous children and one grandchild is because I believed that my being transparent during the course of this journey would not just help me, but it would also help others not to make the same mistakes that I have made whether past, present, and we don't know what the future's going to hold. But ironically, it's called Dear Future Hubby Podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so I wanted to be transparent because I realized that in growing up and in living my life, there were dialogues and conversations that I never had. Whether it be with my biological father, whether it be with my stepfather, whether it be with a male role model in my life. What I recognized is that I never had those conversations. So because I never had those conversations, now mind you, this is this is my observation. Somebody else's story may be different. Their definition of life may be different. Their experience may be completely different. So that's not what this is about. It's just what I observed. And what I recognized is that a lot of my experiences with the opposite sex ended up with a negative undertone because I did not have a great example to follow. Meaning... There would be things that I would tolerate, behaviors that I would tolerate, excuses that I would tolerate because I did not have a quote unquote blueprint of a better way to walk away. So for those of you that may not have taken a moment to listen, I actually recently um, did a dedication to thank all of my exes and I didn't really elaborate on the reason of writing and dedicating that dedication to them. But part of it is because a lot of what I've learned and how to love myself has come from those nuances of the relationships that I was in with the exes. Because sometimes you will get aha moments. And if you're like me, I am like a hopeless romantic. So 
I'll okay. I'll just go. I didn't even think I was gonna go here, but I'm gonna go here. I guess that's part of transparency. So I remember when I was in high school, and for those of you who have ever experienced having puppy love and all of that and what that looked like and what that felt like, then you'll hopefully understand where I'm coming from with this example. There was a particular person whom I was dating at the time, whom I ended up falling for. If you don't know what I mean by falling for, I'm just going falling in love. But it was puppy love. <laughs> and so puppy love in the fact that I was so naive in terms of, let me, for those of you who don't know, let me go ahead and give you the definition of naive. So, <coughs> sorry, for those of you that don't know, I survived COVID. Um, and I feel like I've been coughing more ever since I had gotten COVID. This is over a year ago, but for some reason, the cough just never went away. But anyway, naive. N like Nancy, A like Apple, I like Ink, V like Victor, E like Eddie of a person or action it is showing a lack of experience wisdom or judgment and that is found in the oxford languages dictionary now i haven't said this in a long time but this podcast is actually based off of being raw which is r-a-w and for me it's a breakdown of real and wise so what i try to do is incorporate a little bit of wisdom um, for those that are inexperienced in relationships in hopes that you can not go down the same crazy paths that I've been down in my lifetime and make better decisions. You know, I hear people say, when we know better, we do better. So that's one of the things that I always hope and pray is that by my being transparent, excuse me, that it's not only helping me to heal and to become whole in certain areas, but it's also helping people that may not have gone down that same journey not to make the same mistakes that I have made. But I started realizing that I never really truly had the type of dialogue that I now think is important when whether it's being in relationship with colleagues whether it's being in a relationship with your friends and family whether it's being in a romantic relationship whatever that it is important to surround yourself by people who possess wisdom where you can have communion with conversation with and you can actually a therapist is wonderful too a counselor a godly counselor if that's what you choose or a counselor if that's what you choose someone that you can literally have those conversations with and they can help you to view things through a healed lens instead of a hurt lens because a lot of times our interpretation may be tainted skewed or flawed only because of what our past experiences look like excuse me look like and so we may be missing an opportunity to heal because we're not willing to see things from a different perspective and let me go ahead and break that down perspective excuse me y'all like i did not know that i was gonna be going to school today all of these definitions that this girl is passing out (laughs) 
P like Paul, E like Eddie, R like Robert, S like Sam, P like Paul, E like Eddie, C like Cat, T like Tom, I like E, V like Victor, E like Eddie. And that is the art of drawing solid objects to Oh, that's not going to cover it. A particular attitude toward or way of regarding something. A point of view. That's where I'm trying to go with that. And the definition, that's the definition of perspective. So by sharing and by providing information to certain people who you reverence as wise, who you know have your best interest at heart, By doing that, they can see things from a totally different perspective than you. By their seeing things from a different perspective, that allows you to hopefully, if you are open to it, if you are honest with yourself, it will allow you a platform and an opportunity to heal in certain areas. And it's not always about, well, I think it is. It's about how you heal. Um, because one thing that I'm starting to recognize is that when I'm healed in an area, have you ever taken a moment to like pay attention to your body language? Have you ever taken a moment to do that? I would suggest doing that. Give you an example. And this is probably not even the best example, but I'm giving it to you first of all, because it's hubris. Second of all, because I think I was in a state of shock when I heard it. But then as I talk about it, I'm amused by it. And I'm it is actually actually funny to me. And so uh, so for those of you who are parents, this is to the parents. Um, <laughs> hold on. Let me tell you what amused means. A-M-U-S-E-D. A like Apple. M like Michael. U like Umbrella. S like Sam. E like Eddie. D like David. <laughs> so I was amused by this. The definition is finding something funny or entertaining. And that's also found in the Oxford Languages Dictionary. <sighs> so for those of you who don't know, I'm switching gears for just a moment. I am a two-time brain surgery survivor who currently has a tumor in her brain. Yes, you heard me right. I currently am living with a tumor in my brain. So recently, I'm cleaning up my room, just, you know, just in my little zen zone, okay? Just cleaning up my room, making some adjustments. I like to, when I walk into my room, I like to make sure that It may not make sense to nobody else, but I like to make sure that there is peace. And, excuse me, my children, in particular, my teenage son and my teenage daughter, they love to migrate to my room. And so they may get a little comfortable. You know, I work eight hours a day and they make it a little comfortable. So when they're getting comfortable, there may be, you know, food on the table over here. There may be some shoes over here. Eight hours is a long time for you to just kind of parlay, especially if you ain't working. But I got digress. (laughs) So this particular day, I decided, let me just let me get this the way I want it. That that way, let me just, you know, let me bring it back. And so to speak, let me just kind of bring it the way I want it. Plus, I had been shopping and wanted to make sure that I hung things up and put things in order, all that good stuff. Excuse me. So what ended up happening is that I 
had these cur these curtain rods, but the way that they were like a cheaper version, okay? And so um, I had set them aside in a corner, which I thought was safe. Looking back, what I should have done is just put them up. But one of them, I was barefoot and I'm walking in my room and literally um, I had... I had not truly had a sufficient, I will say that I had not had sufficient rest at that point. And so, um, let me look up sufficient cause I do understand and I don't want to take anything for granted. So let me just go ahead and tell y'all what sufficient means. So sufficient as like Sam, you like umbrella F like Frank, F like Frank. I like ink C like cat. I like ink E like Eddie and like Nancy T like Tom enough adequate so I had not had enough sleep so let me just make sure I point that out and that was also the definition was found in the Oxford languages dictionary um, but I had not had enough sleep so have you ever had a moment where you see something but it does not register in your brain that that's dangerous or it could be harmful you see it but you haven't processed the magnitude of the danger or maybe you quickly processed it and in your mind it's not dangerous enough to do something different move around go somewhere different avoid it abort the process maybe that's you know when you do your calculation in your brain it wasn't dangerous enough for you to just do something different right so you proceed you continue <sighs> subconsciously I believe that I had a moment where I said, this is not dangerous and kept stepping down. Well, I did a miscalculation. And in my doing the miscalculation, I injured myself. And miscalculation for those of you, let's just see miscalculation. I thought it wouldn't be wouldn't have been me <laughs> miscalculation the definition of miscalculation is an act of miscalculation now why are you why are you gonna put the word in the word m like michael i like ink s like sam c like cat a like apple l like larry c like cat u like umbrella l like larry a like apple t like tom i like o I mean, I like ink, O like Oscar, in like Nancy. Y'all, I'm trying to still wake up. So just charge it to my head, not my heart. Okay? I did just tell you that I have a tumor in my brain. Okay, let's keep going. So it is also an error or misjudgment. So I made a misjudgment in terms of my stepping down. And when I stepped down, that rod was faced up and it literally sliced my foot. So it took a minute to start bleeding. So me, if you heard what I just said, I have six beautiful children. So pain is something that I'm used to. So when it hurt my foot, I did not scream. I didn't flinch. I didn't grab my foot and start jumping around. I didn't do any of that. I didn't do the coming to the America hoo, 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 jump. If y'all seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't do none of that. What I literally did was kept on cleaning up. Few minutes later, 
I start to see blood. So I look for my band-aids, get my band-aids, do what I need to do. But the pain hit. And when that pain hit, it was a pain like no other. And so I call out to my teenage son. And I'm calling out to him because I don't know if this is a situation where it is the cut is deeper than it should be. And maybe I do need to go to the hospital. So enters the room, my beautiful son, and I'm calling him. He comes in and I show him my foot and I'm like, I cut my foot. And this facial expression that he (laughs) gave me was like, okay. And I'm like, okay, but what I do, he said, I said, I'm bleeding. And he was like, the blood is doing what the blood is supposed to do. Okay, so in that moment, I was, I didn't laugh, okay? I could laugh about it now, but I was like, what? What? I'm bleeding. And I, I, I mean, I know I'm only 49 years old, y'all, but sometimes I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I am older than that. And so I was like, the blood is doing what the blood is supposed to do. Okay. What am I supposed to do with the the words that just came out of your mouth, son? So what I did as his mother was say, this is what I said. (sighs) So should anything happen to me? Why don't you tell them to make sure that they take a look at my foot? Because at that point, I was like, well, apparently this is not urgent or emergent enough for him to rushed me to the hospital seeing all this blood and all of this so I guess the next thing is if I for were to like fall asleep and I huh, don't wake up tell them to take a look at my foot how about that since blood is doing what blood is supposed to do <laughs> so in that revolutionary moment for my child I guess for me too in some type way form or fashion I literally was just like hmm Okay, tell me how you really feel. All right. You can't get mad when people show up as their authentic self. You cannot get upset if the response that you expect, the level of urgency that you expect is not matched by someone else. You get an opportunity, though, to see the same situation from a different perspective. And then you get to see or gauge what you're going to do with that newfound information. So I took his response and was just like, huh, blood is doing what blood is supposed to do. Girl, it's a cut chill. So for those of you that don't know, my children call me extra, extra. (laughs) And in a lot of ways, I am. Okay. (laughs) So to be able to see myself through their lens, there's been a lot of times that I, and I mean, looking now kind of when I, when I observe how I am with my children, you know how they talk about, well, if you are going to therapy or you've been to counseling and you hear, hear a lot about healing your inner child. If we are honest as parents, 
there are areas where our inner child was never healed. But our children, because they have different tools, because they have different experiences, they are healed. Their inner children are healed in those same areas. So the perspective that they are able to offer from a healed place is going to be better than you're looking at it from a hurt place. Some of y'all will catch that later. So one of the reasons looking back that I believe that he was able to say blood is going to do what blood is going to do is because he knew that eventually this scar would heal. But I was looking at it from a hurt place and all I could do was see myself bleeding. And so perspective is everything. And one of the reasons why it's good to have people surrounding you who have a greater perspective than you do in a lot of different areas is because when you miss the mark and you will, because that's a part of being human, you have someone that can hold you accountable. You have someone that can share with you, maybe you said that wrong. Maybe you responded to that wrong. Maybe you need to heal in this area. Maybe you need to do more work in this arena because the way that you're viewing this is skewed. The way that you're receiving this information is skewed and you haven't healed yet. That is also another reason why whenever you are entering into relationship with anyone, it is good to be surrounded by accountability partners. It is good to have true friends, not the jealous kind, because, you know, we we probably got some of those if we really take inventory. But the type of friends that will tell you that you're wrong, even if you think you're right and vice versa. That they'll tell you that you're right even when you think that you're wrong. And then they'll have facts that are in alignment with their statement because they are using wisdom and they are not using the skewed vision. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to always have their that their outcome or the way that they're analyzing things is going to be 100% accurate because in all actuality we are all human beings we don't have it all together we might want other people to believe we do there's a scripture in the bible that says a man who thinks he is something when he is nothing deceives himself part of that deception i believe comes when we think we got it all together and we really don't There's always room for improvement. There's always room to view things in a different light or even a better light. There's always room to do better. I remember when I was in high school, one thing they used to aggravate the living daylights out of me. I could talk about it now because I got a voice that I can use. Excuse me, I got a voice that I can use. But one thing that really used to aggravate me is that I was an A student. Now, I didn't get a hundred, a 100 across the board in every single class, but I came very, very, very close on a regular basis. I was always on the honor roll. Yes, I'm a nerd. I'm just going to put it out there. I am a nerd. That's something that I always used to run from, but I am. I'm a nerd. 
And so one of the things that I would always do, I would always aim for perfection in every single grade. If they said we got an assignment, I would be trying to figure out a way to exceed that expectation and get a A++, even though A++ was the highest you could go. I was always rooting for more. I was always shooting for greater. And so in that, I would come home. Let me just give you an example. Let's just say I would have, okay, six, it would be six classes. And out of the six classes, I would have four 100s and two 97%. And my stepdad would look at my report card and be like, you should have got six 100s. What do you mean? I was putting my best foot first and I made four 100% and two 97%. But in his mind, because they weren't all 600, they, they weren't all, I'm sorry, they weren't all 100s in those six courses, classes, I could do better. And it used to really aggravate me because my lens, my heart lens was just like, my best is not good enough for you. And that's how I processed his wanting me to strive for better. I processed that as my best is not good enough for you. When the reality of it is hindsight, they say is 100%. He really just wanted me to do my best it wasn't that my, in his eyes, I could always do better than the best. And for me not to settle for that. And because he was a military person, that was what was driven in him. So that's what he drove into us. Now, when I look at our past, me and my siblings, we all have careers. So we may not have liked the perspective that our stepfather was providing us at the time, but all of us have careers and all of us are educated. So it may not have looked like he was handling us right across the board, but surely he did something right because something stuck and it stayed. Because sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, we get so caught up and the negative aspect of things that we don't really just take time out to sit with the positive of the same exact situation. Why? Why not look at both and count up the cost? Does the good outweigh the bad or does the bad outweigh the good? Or is it equal? And if it's equal on a scale, which way will it tilt? <clears throat> excuse me. Is it going to, excuse me, is it going to tilt to the bad or is it going to tilt to the good? Most likely, it's going to tilt to the direction that you give the most energy to. So if you are literally focusing on the bad, well, then that's all that you're going to see. If you're focusing on the good, that's all that you're going to see. And so that's something to keep in mind is whenever you are 
taking self-inventory, which is something I try to do on a regular basis. And a lot of times I do that while I'm recording my episodes. But if you take a moment to truly just think about all that is you, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. When you look yourself in the mirror, the mirror, are you pleased with what you see? And I'm not just talking about the outer. I'm talking about the inner too. Are you pleased with how you handle confrontation? Are you pleased with how you handle your conversations? Are you pleased with how you think? Are you pleased in what you say? Are you pleased in how when you are dealing with people, your interactions, can you walk away with the lesson? Are you willing to do the work that is required to show up as the best version of yourself? Or do you just think you got it all together? That you don't need to work on this and you don't need to work on that because you are who you are and that is enough for you. Perspective is everything. And it's good to have different perspectives. It's good to get feedback from other people. I was having, we call them one-on-ones in our meetings with our um, management And I've grown. Let me just put that in the atmosphere because I really have. There was a time where, because I was looking at it through that little girl's hurt lens, that when I would have my one-on-ones with management, I would be that five-year-old child or that 15-year-old little girl sitting across the room listening to her stepfather and feeling as if she couldn't do anything right. So even when constructive criticism was being offered, those hurt ears kept hearing, your best is not good enough. Your best is not good enough. Your best is not good enough. And she would shrink right there in front of her stepfather, even though it wasn't even him sitting across the table. It was management. And it took her going to therapy. It took me going and hashing some of those things out and writing some of those things in my journal for me to realize that I had been listening to the criticism with hurt ears, not healed ears. Fast forward. Now I'm able to sit in a room and ask, what can I do better? Where am I falling short? I want to be the best version of myself for this company. What areas do I need to work on? Am I bringing things to the table or no? My whole dialogue has changed. Excuse me. Because I've started to heal the little girl in me. So now when I'm in the room with management, I don't see my caregiver. I see management. I don't hear my caregiver. I hear management. And it makes the world of difference. It makes the world of difference 
when you start to hear and see and feel through a healing soul, a healed soul, as opposed to a hurting soul. So, opposed. What does it mean to oppose? Let me look that up and I will share with you. Opposed by definition. Eager to prevent or put an end to. Contrasting or conflicting with each other. Disapproving of or disagreeing with. That is what opposed means. O like Oscar, P like Paul, P like Paul, O like Oscar, S like Sam, E like Eddie, D like David. Opposed. It makes a difference. Healed versus hurt. Hurt versus healed. Which perspective will you choose to view your friendships your relationships, your work relationships, your relationship with self. Are you healed or are you hurting? And you know, it's really okay for you if you are hurting. Be honest with yourself. Take time out to have those conversations with self. You know, I'm going to give you an example. You know, the other day when I was going to pick up the mail, I didn't like how that person just cut me off without saying, excuse me. I don't know why it made me feel the way it did. But that hurt my feelings. In that moment, when I was paying attention to my body language, I realized that it made me feel like I was being disregarded or being dismissed. And that took me back to that one time when I was at the grocery store and I said I wanted that apple. And this person shooed me away and said, you're not getting anything. Don't go put it back. And that hurt my feelings because I was trying my best to, I wanted to eat healthy and I wanted that apple. It looked so pretty and, but it hurt my feelings because I didn't get the apple. What happens is when you start to confess to yourself that that particular situation runs a little bit deeper than the surface and you start to unpack those things slowly but surely, then you can hopefully Find the root cause of that situation and that pain and start to unpack that and deal with it. I have a better relationship now with my stepfather. And I believe the reason why I have a better relationship is because when I started to understand by reading the four agreements, how not to take everything personally, how not to make assumptions And what that really looks like as an adult person dealing with childhood trauma. That you do start to show up differently. And so I'm grateful. 
I'm grateful on so many accounts, but a root cause is defined as a factor that caused a non-conference, non-conformance, and should be permanently eliminated through process improvement. That's a root cause. Well, that's what this is by definition. It sets in motion the entire cause and effect reaction that ultimately leads to the problem. Also, according to ASQ.org. And the definition, yeah, no, that's just what it is. That's where it came from, that definition. And so... I'm able to have a better relationship because I've been doing the work. See, it's easy to play the blame game. I told someone that the other day. Um, it's easy to play the blame game. We have a tendency to do that. We have a tendency to always blame people for things that we do wrong. B like boy, L like Larry, A like M. I mean, A like Apple, M like Mary, E like Eddie, B L A M E. That's me getting ahead of myself, y'all. So, yeah, I do know that A is like Apple. M is like Michael. But I I, I tend to get ahead of myself sometimes. But the definition is assign responsibility for a fault or wrong. That's what you do when you blame someone. You're giving that person the responsibility instead of taking ownership and responsibility for self. But when you start to understand how not taking things personally and not making assumptions frees you, then you operate a little differently when you show up. Your conversation changes. Now, don't get me wrong. You will still hold people accountable, but it's in how you do it. I've had the privilege and the honor of being surrounded by some pretty great people in my life. And one of the things that I I love about the people that I'm surrounded with is the fact that I can be completely transparent and I can talk things out with them. I can confess my rights and I can confess my wrongs and I can confess my misunderstanding. And by doing that, that's how you become a better human being. Having someone hold you accountable. Look, I know I probably got that wrong. Or look, I probably should have said something then, but I was afraid because of X, Y, and Z. But I'm saying something now. And then getting their perspective on why it was important to speak up then as opposed to now. Taking that inventory, doing a self-reflection of, you know what, you're absolutely right. I probably should have done that report three months ago because the, the data would have been different had I did that report then. Now the data is extremely different. Can we still work with this? Learning from your mistakes, trying your best not to repeat those same mistakes. Being willing to hear someone give you criticism, constructive or not. And then seeing, does this apply to me? And if so, how? It's so funny. I have a child that calls me molasses as a nickname, has it saved in his cell phone. Molasses pretty much is slow. (laughs) And it's because he says, I move so slow when I'm walking somewhere, trying to get out the car. Um, So he has literally named me molasses. 
And I, I don't know why I think that's the cutest thing. I really don't. But I think that's the cutest thing because that's his perception of his mama. My poor mama, she just, she moves so slow now. <laughs> but coming from him, that's endearing. So when I hear, come on, come on, molasses, not mama. Come on, molasses. I don't get offended because I know it's coming from a place of love. Some of us are so easily offended. No one can tell us anything without us being defensive. Nine times out of ten is because we're hearing it with our hurt ears and not our healed ears. Healed versus hurt. Where do you stand on that scale? This is going to conclude my episode on today. I do hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you so much for listening.